Welcome to the <laughs> Christchurch Fox Chapel podcast. Fastest growing conservative, evangelical, charismatic, Anglican. Oh, come on, honey. <laughs> Podcast in the entire Fox Chapel area. Ben and I joined today by Kat. It's kind of a, a fun day. It's voting day. There's a, a lot of fun on the hill today. It's super fun. Oh, isn't it? Just love election day. Love election day. <laughs> I really love seeing all the political signs around there. I just feel like it <laughs> fills me with a sense of wholeness in my spirit. Well, you know, there's a sense on a day of election as though there's going to be a sort of judgment cast and then people Ooh, are going to... segue. Get, really? Because today we're talking about judgment. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> get ready, everyone. Uh, if you're in a car, buckle up. Buckle up. Uh, no, it's it's actually going to be fun. Well, we 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 started recording the podcast and we basically stopped because we realised it was really boring and we didn't know what we were doing. Mm, and amen. here we are again, round two. Well, yeah. it's, it's because this is a hard text. It is a hard text. It's very difficult. Ben, you said a few moments ago, right, that that it feels like uh, chapter two, the end ends. Yeah. You know, it's kind of where the book ends at the end of chapter two. Now we've got chapter three, and we're not quite sure why it's here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you said love, like. I don't even know what we're talking about here and why are we... Yeah, like, I just really didn't really understand the context. So, uh, yeah. Sorry, it's like, it's like you you got locust plague, Israel Mm -hmm. repents, Mm -hmm. like, and laments Mm -hmm. and all that stuff. They return to the Lord Mm -hmm. and the Lord restores them. And then beyond that, uh, he says, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh Mm -hmm. in the latter days or it it shall come to pass afterward. Um, We're going to have wonders in the heavens and the, the day of the Lord and anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. End of the chapter. Right. End of the book. Mm. But wait, no, it's not the end of the book. There's another chapter. It does feel a bit like Lord of the Rings. Ooh. When uh, <laughs> uh, Sauron gets defeated and then there's this, this chapter called The Scouring of the Shires, and they, they go around and they just deal with all the little last bits of goblin that are knocking around. And, uh, you know, it's a, a bit of an anticlimactic chapter in the book. Um, and and yeah. it feels a bit like maybe that's going on here. There's some loose ends to tidy up. They're actually very significant loose ends because they're indicative, as all prophecies are, uh, not just of an immediate fulfillment, an immediate problem that needs to be resolved in Judah before Christ but also something later, including, in fact, the end of the world. Mm. Yeah, and I, I think when we think about judgment, um, you know, that if you've heard that phrase, water under the bridge, mm-hmm. with in different relationships, mm-hmm. like, eh, there's a lot of stuff that gets, it gets complicated, like different people have sins along the way against each other, and, um, and it all kind of starts swirling together and just becomes this, like, big tangled knot of stuff. Mm. And sometimes I think that the world is almost like that. Like there's so much sin and so much brokenness that's all tied together in this impossibly complex knot. Um, Mm. And I think of like the last judgment is like the day that God will untie that. And it's going to take incredible attention to detail from one who own like only from one who knows everything Mm -hmm. so lots of detail is is actually exposed and dealt with on the day of judgment yeah 
There's some stuff obviously been going on in the background of Joel that we, the reader today, don't really realise was going on until now. Um, so chapter three is is dealing with the nations, plural, around Israel, who seemingly have been at least gloating over the misfortunes of the people of God. And this wasn't really the immediate concern of Joel's chapters one and two, mm-hmm. because they've got bigger problems. But it seems as though the bad guys on the edge around and about were having a laugh at the misfortune, but not just having, an a laugh, having a laugh, they were also taking advantage of the vulnerability of the people of God. And, and that did not get overlooked, as it turns out, by Yahweh. Mm-hmm. But he's coming to deal with them now. He's restored the people of God, but also we now need to deal with the bad guys. Yeah. Should we read the passage? Yeah. Who's going to read it for us, darling? Ben. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Kathy. <Ken. laughs> That's your intro. <laughs> cool. How many? It's uh, up to verse... Eight. Eight. Here we go. Um, Joel chapter three, verses one to eight. For behold, in those days and at that time, when I restore the fortunes of Judah and Jerusalem, I will gather all the nations and bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat, and I will enter into judgment with them there on behalf of my people and my heritage Israel, because they have scattered them among the nations and have divided up my land and have cast lots from my people and have traded a boy for a prostitute and have sold a girl for wine and have drunk it. What are you to me, O Tyre and Sidon and all the regions of Philistia? Are you paying me back for something? If you are paying me back, I will return your payment on your own head swiftly and speedily. For you have taken my silver and my gold and have carried my rich treasures into your temples. You have sold the people of Judah and Jerusalem to the Greeks in order to remove them far from their own border. Behold, I will stir them up from the place to which you have sold them, and I will return your payment on your own head. I will sell your sons and your daughters into the hand of the people of Judah, and they will sell them to the Sabaeans, to a nation far away, for the Lord has spoken. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Mm-hmm. There's definitely a sense that some outrageous things have taken place during during uh-huh. this crisis that we didn't know about right. until now. Positive, uh, encouraging, <laughs> J-love. Yeah. You've, these guys have come in, they've stolen God's silver and gold. They've stolen God's people. They've sold God's people. Mm. And they've sold them for next to nothing. That's the thing. They've sold them to do bad things and they've got next to nothing for them. Right. You've sold a boy for a prostitute. That is, you've, you've exchanged the value of a human life. Mm. And not just a human life, but someone who belongs to the covenant people of God for this tawdry night. And you've sold a girl for wine. They've drunk it just like a, a a skin of wine or something. Mm. Yeah. And then that human has got to spend the rest of their life miles from home in a pagan land, mistreated as a as a thing in exchange for nothing. Yeah. And what we get here, I think, is the sense of just how outraged Yahweh is about this. Mm. Now um I think one of the themes that we need to explore today is is our 
is the interplay between justice and revenge. Mm-hmm. Justice is that godly desire to see right thing, wrong things put right, to see bad guys get their comeuppance, a, a fair judging and retribution and restitution and all of those things. That's what justice is all about. Um, and revenge, I think, is about us deciding that we're going to become the agents of that. We're going to bring this about. In other words, we're going to take God's role upon ourselves. Right. I think that's what we need to to look at a little bit today. Hmm. So uh, the motive of God's people. I guess during all of this suffering, they were also experiencing on top of it the humiliation and anguish of of their things being plundered Mm -hmm. by people that could have sent help. How do they feel? How do we feel when that happens? Bad. Bad. <laughs> <laughs> Not so good. Not I, happy, angry. So I, I was listening to a podcast from a, um, Dan Allender, actually. Uh, he's, he's like a famous Christian writer. Mm-hmm. I don't know that much about him. But he was, he was making this point that um, w- the thing that people fear most is not death, but humiliation. Uh, mm. So, like, being humiliated, being plundered is, mm. like, worse than dying. Mm. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm sure, especially if you're in the midst of suffering. Like, I I kind of get where, where now there's this connection of you really can't feel the joy of a full restoration unless you can also see that the injustices that were done to you and to your people are executed and mm. and and by the righteous judge who has who has been with you all along. So I get that, right? Cuz heaven wouldn't really be he- heaven mm-hmm. unless we part of that is knowing that that God is going to deal with the people that we have been so disheartened by or frustrated by or hurt by or seen other people be hurt by. Mm. There's something about him executing judge, judgment, even though that includes us. Yeah. But when we see whole people groups being... Um, traded. Traded, or taken advantage of, or, or hurt, or, or create, tr- treated inhumanely, mm-hmm. we desperately want that to be dealt with. And right. so I get now the connection between the... Two and three. Yeah, yeah. It is. I've experienced that actually. Like there was a a a, per, a person who I I worked for, um, worked with who was uh, frankly pretty manipulative and uh, almost downright abusive. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, went for several years just thinking like, wow, the you know, I'm I'm a real loser. The problem's all all me. And uh, you know, I first thing that was healing was coming here and uh you all are not that way and so i was like oh one of these things is not like the other uh but but then um that that person was called out on their Mm. uh, and and basically it was named and there was uh you know the whole investigation this person and stuff and i just felt like oh i'm not crazy Mm -hmm. like Okay. I'm not like alone. Something, yeah, I'm not alone. In the, like something in me just exhaled. Yeah. Uh, and knowing that somehow 
justice had been done. Mm-hmm. Uh, like right. I, I, I yeah. was craving that, but I didn't know that I was craving and even, that. And you didn't have to be a part of it. Yeah. You weren't necessarily part of that particular process. I was not at all. But, but, um, but seeing that happen, there's, there's a piece that comes like, okay, okay, yes, that, that has been dealt with. And I guess that's what, what, what God's doing here, right? right? His people have been treated inhumanely. They've been taken advantage of when they were at their lowest, when they were going through a struggle, mm. through a crisis. And he's not only going to restore them, but part of that restoration is dealing with the people who, who kicked them when they were down. Right. right, which enables them not to then become vigilantes. Right, because they don't have to. They can trust the perfect judgment of Yahweh. Right. Because their their judgment, if the, if, if the people of God were to go and just seek revenge in their own strength, mm-hmm. uh, according to the way they see it, they, they would get it wrong. Yeah. They, they would overreact to some things. They'd underreact to others. Right. They, they would... They would they wouldn't judge justly. No, because we don't have the ability like God to to, to see into the human heart, mm. to know motivations, to yeah. know why a person did a certain thing right. in a certain way. And we can just, I mean, as right. believers, we can let that go. Right. It's it's like when Saddam Hussein is dragged out of that little hole he was in, mm-hmm. and, you know, put on trial. We want we want due process. Yeah. We want a court. We want... We want all those things. This is much better than that. This is this is the perfect judgment of Yahweh. Even down to some of the name we were just looking at, you know, that uh, this will he will bring them down to what he says is the valley of Jehoshaphat. Whether that's a place or not, I don't know. But Jehoshaphat, it, it literally means Yahweh has judged mm. in the past tense. Yeah. So you're going to be brought to this place where judgment is is set because God's sovereignty extends beyond time. And uh, and so this is one of those classic prophecy moments where we're looking at um, one prophecy for two two moments, right? Mm-hmm. You've got this immediate thing that's going to mm-hmm. take place right then and there in the dust of Jerusalem, and you've got another thing looking ahead to the end of of, of days mm-hmm. when Yahweh will will judge the living and the dead perfectly. It's not a very popular notion in our culture. The idea of God as judge. Mm, no, but the idea of justice is very popular. Yeah. Ha ah, yeah. interesting? From classic movies like High Plains Drifter with Clint Eastwood and TV shows in the 80s like The A-Team and Knight Rider, all the way through to the newer stuff, The Punisher, um, The Equalizer, which is a rehash of a thing from the 60s. Um, and we were just talking earlier about that really dark thing, um, The Terminal List. The Terminal List, yeah. Well, there's there's a whole movement through our society of demanding justice, mm. and it's a it's a super live question, right? From uh, you know, all over the really all over the place, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, there's a there's a movement of movement toward seeking racial justice, and I think right. which has caused m- massive amounts of. Uh, there's so much political but, but questions can, around But you can it. see when crowds seek justice, how yeah. ugly things get yeah. fast. Exactly. And I think there's that question looming in all of it is, well, who who's the person who gets to execute mm-hmm. the justice and who gets to be the court to arbitrate what was, like who's responsible for what and, mm-hmm. and sort all that out. Um, that, that's the challenge when we, when we come to these kind of issues. Um, when we're we're talking about seeking a just society. Mm. You've got 
you know, how do, how do I know? Like what, what wrongs have been done? How do we, how do we level the playing field uh, mm-hmm. in a way that's, that's right? Um, well, one of the wonderful things is that, that um, what the people of God have received themselves is actually grace. Because they were wandering from Yahweh and they were worshipping these created things. They were mistreating one another. They mm-hmm. were hoarding. They were, they were bad. Yeah. And Yahweh sends this plague upon them of locusts for the purposes of calling them back to himself. He destroys their idols, eats them literally. And then, and then finally, when all that's taken away, they, they repent. Yeah. And, and then they experience renewal. And as the bishop said last weekend, he said, you know, lots of people pray for renewal until they get it. They don't, and they don't like it. Because mm-hmm. when, when you get renewed, normally that means losing something. Mm-hmm. So this group of people, they've been through loss. They've been through renewal, which is, which is fantastic. And knowing that they've received grace, that's got to be in their hearts. Yeah. And then they've still got this problem, the fact that these bad guys around them have done appalling things. They've literally taken the actual children and sold them and taken them far away. And they're not feeling very gracious, I'm sure. And then, and then Yahweh says, but I did not overlook this. I am going to bring true justice, true judgment upon these heads. I'm yeah. going to repay them. What was, that, what was he say? I'm going to repay them with the thing they did to me. What does he say? That's a great thing. I will return your payment on your own head swiftly and speedily. He's speaking to the bad guys here, like a judge. And and I think that that just opens up a little bit of space for the people of God to have some grace and say, right, justice is going to come about. I don't need to affect it. It's not down to me. Yeah. Um, you know, what am I going to do with someone I fall out with? I can stick a banana up your tailpipe, right, whatever. I could come up with little things. I could come and shoot you in the head. You know, I could come and do some thing. But what can Yahweh do? Well, he controls eternity. So as a believer, I find it easy to, to let go a little bit of, of my desire for revenge when I know that, in fact, God will bring about perfect justice. And if there isn't a God, uh, or, if there, there's a, mm. or if God does not execute justice, mm-hmm. then that means that the world is unspeakably horrific and dark because think about how many people in in history human history have uh died uh not having received any kind of justice or mm. resolution yeah. like think about the holocaust mm. like just unspeakable horror mm-hmm. happened and yeah. um and and no one has known what to, this is why people don't talk about it because they don't know what to do with it mm-hmm. like yeah. they try to learn the lessons they can from it but it's like you know that shooting in Las Vegas, like um, several years ago, no one talked about it anymore because, like, there was no like easy point that you could like legislate or learn or like nice moral of the story to tie up. It was just absurd and horrific, and that just like just moves on. And so, if there's not a God who who brings justice, then the all of those stories have no resolution. There's no kind of like writing of that, um, and I I find you know a world without God to be terrifying in oh, that yeah. way. Like I would not want to live in that world. Mm-mm. And without Him, you end up trying to become Him, yeah. which is actually what got them into this trouble in the first place. <laughs> like you're right back to where you were. I think that I think that 
this this is a complete image of God, isn't it? He's not just a rescuer and a dispenser of grace, but he's also a, a judge, mm. a dispenser of justice. Mm-hmm. He's both. That's a much more complete picture of Yahweh. Who, I mean, I think he, he executed judgment on his own people by mm-hmm. bringing about this disaster, right? Yeah. And so he will execute judgment on on everyone, but it's how you respond mm-hmm. that will change the game. So you can respond by repenting like they did, and then you get grace. Mm. and Or you can not respond, and you can just try and exact your own, get your own way like these other nations, and you get a different kind of judgment. So it's, you know, same judgment. Judgment can either bring you to, like crisis mm-hmm. re- precedes renewal, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So judgment can bring about repentance, mm-hmm. and it can also open your eyes to see that he, the ultimate judge will deal with everything hard that's ever happened to you, and you can let go a little bit of trying to exact your own revenge. I think that's so important. Yeah, or you can dig your heels in and say, no, I, I'm not mm. repenting. I'm not turning away. I like my own stuff. I like my own way. So God's, and, God's yeah. justice here then frees the people up to let go of and experience healing from right. the things that have taken place before. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. No, that's really good. Yeah. Well, before we wrap it up, um, it's quite important uh, that we pause this podcast for uh, a brief word from our sponsor, uh, we have a commercial here oh, right. produced uh, by the uh, providers of Bacon Sunday, which I'd like to share with you. Ben hasn't heard this yet. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Bacon Sunday at Christ Church Fox Chapel. Like bacon? Like Sundays? Then come to Bacon Sunday as the men of the vestry serve bacon, egg, and cheese muffins from our certified professional grade kitchen. Too extreme for the Methodists. Too extreme for the Presbyterians. Bacon Sunday is too extreme for Pennsylvania. But not too extreme for Christ Church, Fox Chapel. Bacon Sunday, the second Sunday in Advent, December 4th. Only at Christ Church, Fox Chapel. Sausage also available. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Pastor Ben Hughes, and I approve of this message. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's got it all, hasn't it? Wow, that... (laughs) What a great ad for uh, election day. Who is that? It's, it's our a, own Joseph Milwaukee. Oh yeah. my goodness. It, it feels like it's got it all there. It's got kind of the the election thing going on, obviously bacon, Jimi Hendrix, the American National Anthem. It's, I really feel like I belong in this country now. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Thanks. Yeah. And I, I gave my assent, I guess. It's clearly <laughs> yeah that was obviously you ben. but they have things called deep fakes i would call that a shallow fake yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's funny yeah. great well right. do come to bacon sunday yeah um, we're looking w- forward to it i will now <laughs> you will now won't you <laughs> besides yeah yeah you besides it being my job approved. but like i'm definitely i'll totally be there yeah, yeah. it's great one of the weirder podcasts we've done yeah but for sure Twice. you know who loves it God. <laughs> the Lord, that's right. The Lord, the Lord. Yeah. Well, this has been a podcast of Christchurch Fox Chapel. We're nearing the end of Joel getting ready for Advent and uh, looking forward to looking at the person of Jesus Christ and how so many of these promises in the Old Testament are fulfilled in him. Thanks for listening.
And if you want to be on the podcast, let us know. We'd love to have you. God bless. Thank you.